beyond infinity. So if you're a, a bit of a tech junkie, which um, I guess we both are, and um, John certainly is, and I guess I am as well, otherwise we wouldn't be doing this show on a regular <laughs> basis. You know, there's always certain key things, and one of the things that we um, have focused on in the, in the past and still on our website is the Mighty, that Spotify player, which yeah. is a great little product for people who want to have, sort of have a dedicated Spotify player, great for exercise, that sort of stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. wearable technology. It, it means you can run without your phone. You've actually got a little portable player like a, an old iPod shuffle, and there is a new one that's just come out, which I'm hoping to get my hands on soon to do okay. a future review on as okay, well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Excellent. But some other ones as well have come up and we thought we'd just run through them because they're kind of handy things. One is a solid state drive for your laptop computer. Yeah. Uh, well, whether that be your laptop or your personal computer, your PC, or even just an external SSD. So... Uh, typically, uh, historically, we've had a hard disk drive, um, yep. which... Uh, spinning components, it, yeah, moving components. Yeah, so there's a disk in there with an arm, and that arm moves, and that's how the data is written to the disk. Yep. Um, and so it can be slow. So if you turn your computer on, um, particularly if you've got an, a computer that's, say, older than three or four years, you might find that it's actually slow to get started or mm. slow to save things. Mm. Um, and as it gets older, there's a higher chance of failure. Mm. Whereas with a solid state device an SSD mm. it's almost instantaneous my laptop that I've had now for about 12 months mm. um, it has an SSD inside and I am able to you know turn the power on and then be using the computer within about seven or eight seconds like wow. it, it's that quick so it can boot up the operating system really quickly yeah um, it's a similar technology isn't it to an SD card yeah it's, it it's the same kind of thing it's so just it's a t- high density um, you know you can get them in 250 gigabytes 500 gigabytes a terabyte I think even up to two terabytes with some of these and what, what this is doing is you know you might not want the full two terabytes for example because that might be really expensive but you could get a smaller one if you're looking at your PC or laptop um, say 250 gigabytes or even smaller and actually have the operating system saved and loaded onto that so it's really quick to start your computer up. okay right but if you're dealing with um, photos if you want to store items and you need a high transfer rate whether it's to be to read or to write it um, that an SSD is a really good thing because it's it's smaller in size and it's faster to actually you know save to those items so do recommend uh, getting one this portable ones which I mentioned earlier which uh, I think like Samsung do a really good T5, I think it is, which is a USB connection into your PC or laptop. Yep. You can um, just carry it around with you if you need as a as a backup. We recommend doing backups a lot, and an SSD can be you know really good fast. So option. better than yeah. having your old standard external drive, which had the the spinning hard drive, more reliable to have a an SSD drive. There's no moving parts in it. It's yep. essentially um, you know just transistors. Giant SD card. Exactly. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, you know people will worry about failure rates of these kind of things, but um, you know, in my opinion, hard disk drives have a higher failure rate than SSDs. Yep. So you should get a longer life and much faster read-write. So we'll, on our website, we'll uh, link to a few different SSDs which are available as well. All right. Now, moving on with sort of things that you kind of want to have in the way of cool gadgets. And we're sort of we're talking about a price point of a, around $200 or, or less. Or less, yeah, yep. yeah. So dash cam. Great for if you if there's a car accident, if something happens on the road and you want to have some um, sort of undeniable evidence of, of what happened, a dash cam can be really good for that. Or if you happen to be driving along in a uh, uh, in a Siberian town, you might even capture a <laughs> meteor streaking across the sky. Well, look, it's um, dash cams are now becoming more important for insurance, but also for public interest as well, like what's mm. happening on the roads. Mm. But it is becoming where insurance companies are now asking, well, do you have dash cam footage? Right. And we have seen, particularly, you know, the police might put 
put a request out and say, well, does anyone have any dash cam footage from this area? I remember mm. there was an accident that happened on the, the Monash Freeway in Melbourne, Australia, where a sign fell off and it um, right. bounced on the road mm. and and hit the back of a car. Mm. Uh, fortunately, that lady was a Big was sign too, like huge. And, yeah. uh, and that was a call for dash cam footage so they could see what happened and sort of piece things together. Mm. And, and so it's important for insurance because it could be easy for somebody else to um, maybe reverse into you and say that you drove into them mm. and this is your you know, insurance to, to get out of that. And more and more people are using them. I know in Indonesia, I was in Bali uh, not so long ago and, and I had a driver up there who, was, uh, who had a dash cam in his car, I think in Thailand also. And in Russia, I know they're very popular because of, uh, I think there's quite a high incidence of people drinking under, under, the, influ- under yeah. the influence of vodka. Yeah. And so there's kind of plenty of, th- plenty of action that happens on the road and uh, having dash cam footage, again, has that sort of undeniable evidence, whether it's for law enforcement or insurance companies. Go for, and go for the high resolution one if you can, because you want you know want to be able to see in, in during the night. So watch some YouTube videos of different models of these dash cams, mm. and then see if you can see some footage. Because if a car is more than say fifty meters away and you can't see the license plate, well, is it going to be helpful? Yeah. So do have a look at some of the reviews online. The resolution, the resolution, resolution. low light conditions. Is mm. it going to be jumpy on the road? Like so, it needs to be smooth footage. Mm. Can you Wi-Fi it or Bluetooth it to your device so that you don't have to take a card out every time you want to right. save something? Yep. Does it automatically record um, or save the recording if you're in an accident? Some sort of continuous record, but continually overwrite. Right. Uh, and if you're in an accident, then there can be a, a GPS sensor which can say, make sure that you keep this last two minutes or 30 seconds or whatever. And there'd be is. even yeah. some, I suppose, that would, uh, I mean, it'd probably cost you a little bit more to have it, but maybe via your phone or, or even if you've got an internet connected car, then they could be saving to the cloud anyway. So you'd have sort of constant backup of any footage that's taken. But I, as I said, I imagine that's a more expensive option. Moving on, a second monitor for your computer set up at home or, or in the office or in the studio. There's a couple of screens looking at me right now. One has got the ads and other stuff that we're broadcasting with. The other has got an internet connection so I can pull up data and stuff. And then in addition to that, we've both got phones in our hands. Exactly. So yeah, you can't go wrong with an extra extra screen. The monitors are pretty cheap nowadays. Mm. You can go full fancy and 4K monitors and mm. massive screens, but they're actually relatively inexpensive nowadays. Mm. Um, so for under $200, you can get a decent size, good quality uh, second monitor. And the reason you may want one, actually, here's a word of warning. If you get a second monitor, you will probably never go back to the single. I've found that with people that I've, uh, I've helped with productivity mm. because uh, on one computer, I tend to have yeah, my internet uh, browser and then my other one, I might have my email browser mm. or I might have sort of my action screen where I'm doing everything and then a reference screen where I'm actually looking. Yes, yes. So it, it can be really helpful, particularly if you're using the computer a lot. Um, you can use a laptop to plug into a monitor and then extend your display so you, you can see still be having you know a second monitor and your main laptop moving on with our list of cool gadgets under or up you know up to two hundred dollars in cost per item we've talked about dash cams we've talked about having a second monitor and how useful that can be at a workstation or even at home and a portable battery pack so you don't run out of power when you've got your you're on the move you've got your phone yeah, particularly good tablet. if you're uh, on a plane because mm. I know some planes will have, if you're especially going international flight, you might have the USB connection yes. in uh, the next to the media center. Yep. Um, but that may be a really slow drip 
kind of uh, charge. Uh, and if you've got multiple devices, potentially, you want to charge up both at the same time mm. or more than one at the same time. Mm. Uh, a portable battery pack can be really helpful. So anything from sort of 10,000 milliamp hour um, up is going to be good. Mm. You can go you know, really extreme and, and get like these massive, big, chunky bricks, which will um, even power your laptops. But I find that, um, you know, probably if you're looking around sort of the 20,000 milliamp hour batteries, that mm. they're, you know, decent. And I think you can probably get them around at a $60, $70 mark, thereabouts. And that should get you three or four charges of your mobile device, maybe one or two charges of your tablet. Mm -hmm. Always check what your laptop charge would need to be. Sometimes you need a higher wattage, so some of these portable batteries may not be suitable. Mm. But particularly if you just need a small boost for your mobile device, Mm. you know, as your smartphone ages, the battery degrades, and you may not get a full day. And particularly if you're on public transport, it might be helpful. I mean, years ago, while I was in Malaysia, I got a quite a thin portable battery, and it's about the size of my smartphone. So it's about the thickness, about the dimensions of that. And so if I know that I'm going somewhere where I'm going to need just that extra boost, I can put it in my pocket and I've got a little charging cable connected to my keys and so I can then just plug that in. I was going to say, you've got to make sure you've got your cable so that you can actually connect to the battery. That's always a vital piece of equipment. For a while there, I had this little magnetised cable, but it kept falling off my keys, like it sort of bent around and held it together and and that actually was no good. Uh, But what I ended up getting was quite a a short cable. It's probably 100mm long. It's USB-C on one end and then a regular USB on the other end and that is then sort of clipped on to my key ring so there's a little sort of head holder that I just clip it in and then if I need a bit of extra juice somewhere, maybe I'm at an airport waiting lounge and then I can plug it into the USB or I've got the portable battery pack. I can just you know pull that off my keys and plug that in. So yeah. really, really handy and pretty inexpensive. You can actually find them really cheap if you need as well. They're kind of becoming ubiquitous. You can buy them in petrol stations, but there are some better than others. So keep an eye on our website, beyondinfinity.com.au for details on which ones we would recommend. Now, just moving on, smart plugs. Now, this, I assume, is for your house where you've got a connection via Wi-Fi. You've talked about this a little bit before because I think you've uh, already invested in these products, but they allow you to turn lights on remotely or turn heating on or air conditioning, that kind of stuff. Now, the other stuff that we've talked about has been around for a very long time. I Mm. mean, there's, um, you know, it's probably things that people might already have but a smart plug has really only i mean it has been around for a while but they've really developed and become more useful in the last probably two years and you know with now integrations with android's system um, you know the hey google system yep. uh, you can then and now it's just set off my phone uh, hmm. you, you can connect this in so that you can speak to your whether it be google home and tell it to turn a light on or turn a heater on or a fan or whatever you've got it connected up to hmm. or you can just use the inbuilt app which most of these if not all of these come with nowadays where you can pre-program it so let's say you've got it plugged into it's a you know it's a hot afternoon and you want to get home and you've got a fan that you want to turn on well you could actually set this up so that maybe half an hour before you walk in, the fan's turned on. Mm. The way I have it is that we have external sort of fairy lights hanging out on our pergola and the it's connected into an outdoor switch, which is not sort of just at the back door. You have to you know go around the corner and you know put your hand underneath a sort of hidden compartment to then turn it on or off. And if you're going to be late, then you certainly don't want to be you know walking through the dark to get into the house. So and it gives an impression to anyone who might be you know eyeing off your property with a view to burglary or something that someone's there. That, that, that exactly. It's so I um, I can either use the Google command, the voice command. I can either use the either 
use the widget to turn on or off um, or I can set it up so it's on a schedule so that when we're away then I can just say okay at 7 p.m turn on at 2 a.m turn off or have sporadic ones so look there's a lot of you know really good tech that can be under $200 I just wanted to highlight a few of these ones that uh, you know I think that most people should at least have if you're you know somewhat techie and what we'll do is we'll put up the list of what we've talked about uh, the summary list yep. but then we'll um, have some recommended products as well so yep. if you're interested in some of these then you can sort of click through to see what's available yeah. yep and you'll find on our website we've we've done regular reviews of the big technology shows that have been held around the world including that um, consumer electronics show that's held in Las Vegas mm. uh, at the beginning of every year so if you're interested in sort of gadgets generally or if you want to hear about sort of coverage that we've done of stuff over the years of, of products that have been released always interesting to look back I always find it quite interesting just to kind of see how see how things have evolved and how rapidly this whole space yeah. is evolving is incredible from an SSD drive dash cam a second monitor for your home or office a portable battery pack to make sure you don't run out of charge when you're on the move and smart plugs to secure your house or to cool it off ahead of you getting home on a hot summer afternoon all these things are really useful and, and under $200 you know, yeah. becoming much more accessible and if, if you think we've missed something off our list then let us know so head yeah. to our website leave us a comment where we a tweet or on our Facebook page yeah. and what is your essential tech under $200 yeah it's a really good question and we invite you to do that go to our website uh, you'll find Twitter and uh, Facebook information that's a great way to give us your opinion would you like us to review something and you know look more generally if you want to comment on the program and, and things that you think should be improved or new directions that you might think that we should take we're always open to feedback mm. from our audience which we know is growing and we know that it's uh, we know that there's uh, most of our listeners seem to be in the United States so yeah. we'd love to hear from people in the States but also Canada Europe the Middle East uh, Southeast Asia uh, really all around the world there are listeners we know you're out there, so we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, shout out to Adam and Rowan, who are regular listeners, who uh, regularly check in as well. Yeah. Oh, good, good. And I, I mean, there's a, there's someone in Phnom Penh in Cambodia who listens. I think they're uh, in, in the capital in, in Phnom Penh. We'd love to hear from these these people because we know that they're regularly listening. You know, if you want to identify yourself or not, but uh, certainly contact us, drop us a message about uh, you know what you'd like to hear on the show or consumer products in particular this week that you'd like us to review or get more information on. We'd be happy to oblige you. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.